Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 4. So, uh, happy Monday. If you're past Monday, then congrats, you've made it. Uh, so today I want to talk about static websites. So I want to explain what they are, what are the benefits of them, and really I'm just comparing them to dynamic websites. So I'll explain both of those. Kind of a, you know, technology-related topic, of course. It's uh, potentially a little bit technical, but I'll try to explain everything to my best, to the best of my ability. Um, and this is a little bit similar to my web apps episode that I did last week. So uh, listen to that if you're interested in this sort of thing. So what are static websites? Um, so back when the web was first created, you know, the very first web page from Tim Berners-Lee, it was a static website. And at the time, it was just a website because every website was just static files, right? You know, you create something called an HTML file. That's the markup language that the browser understands, stands for a hypertext markup language. And, you know, a lot of people just, you know, created these files, put them on a server, browser would read them and be like, oh, cool, you know, you want this text to be bold, you want this text to be centered, you know, you want, you know, two columns or whatever, um, you know, you want a table, it would, the browser would be able to understand this language and render what you need. And to this day, that's still pretty much how websites are handled. But there are a lot of other things that go into that process. So, you know, so that's what static websites were, they're just static files. And, and, you know, and then people realized you could take a scripting language, you know, Python, Perl, uh, PHP, Java, you could write these on the server and have those languages spit out those same HTML files or more specifically just HTML content with a specific um, HTTP header, which just tells the browser like, oh, it's just an HTML file, so tr treat it as such, you know, so that lets you like connect to a database, fetch some data, do some, you know, some processing before you actually uh, show the browser the content that you want to render. So, you know, so dynamic websites uh, really up to this point were like considered just the more powerful and just the regular way to build websites. Like, why would you want to just, you know, build out static files? It doesn't really make sense, right? Because as far as maintainability goes, you don't want to just have a bunch of static files and, you know, if the logo changes or like you need to add a menu link, you know, you have to go into every file. That's not really a great way to do it. So dynamic websites actually is one thing that they solved really well. So why are static websites becoming popular again? Um, really, I think the main thing is people are people started building something called static website generators, um, which are basically just compilers. So you can now write a website in a dynamic fashion. You know, you have a bunch of files, you can create a, you know, um, a shared layout so that they all share that same design um, to be easily updatable. And you can actually, you know, you can grab some data, you know, use that. You can have some markdown files that you can write like articles in for a blog, for example, and have those be just converted over to HTML files. So these website generators make it possible to create dynamic style websites without, of course, you know, making a dynamic website, right? So, 
So yes, that's the main thing with static websites. Um, these static website generators allow you to do a lot of the same things that dynamic websites can. And you'd be surprised what you could do. You know, you can build a blog, for example, actually my personal website is simply a static website. It's just all compiled ahead of time. And the main benefits of static websites are that since they're just static files, just spitting out at the browser, there's less security, um, you know, less security issues that you could have because there is no database to hack. It's just all static files, right? So that's really, you know, so that's like one of the benefits, security, performance, you know, since you're just trying to render uh, static files, there's really nothing slowing you down, nothing on the server end. So a bunch of um, benefits to static websites. So as the end of this segment, I'll continue this in the next one. I'll talk to you guys in a bit. Okay, so to continue our left off, I was talking about the benefits of static websites. So obviously security is a huge one. You know, with a typical dynamic website, you have multiple layers of uh, vulnerability, like the database, for example. You have a dynamic language, maybe you have an outdated version or something like that. You know, so it's like, oh, you're running on PHP 5.4, right? Uh, you know, when the latest might be like 7.0, there could be some vulnerability there, or maybe using, you know, older version of a framework or just something that just isn't coded correctly, and boom, you know, I have access to your file system all of a sudden, right? Um, so a lot of, you know, th points of access for uh, security where, you know, a lot of things that you have to secure, whereas with a static website, obviously it's just files, there's nothing really to hack at, at that point. Um, Performance is also another huge benefit. Just the immediate, you know, the file being served right to your browser. There's nothing in between that. Um, so just have a speedy experience for your users. But also in terms of performance, um, imagine your site gets posted on Hacker News or Product Hunt or TechCrunch, something like that, just a huge media outlet. And you have like thousands or hundreds of thousands of users coming to your website. And a lot of the times, like most servers just can't handle that because they have to process each request, uh, right? So, you know, that has to like create a new database connection, has to create, you know, has to process a um, bunch of files, a bunch of code before it can serve up just that HTML. Static website can just serve it up right away so it can handle uh, many more users than a dynamic website can. Now, don't get me wrong, you know, you have ways to, for example, you can cache content, you can have a load balancer, uh, but those are all things that you have to implement ahead of time. And those things take time to do, right? Whereas if you just have a static website, that's things you don't have to really worry about or worry about to an extent. You can just immediately reap the benefits of like, you know, just have a static website um, on some static website host and you don't have to worry about, you know, setting up your server to handle multiple users. Your site's already handled to do that. So that's really nice. <clears throat> um, the other thing is maintainability. So with a dynamic website, you know, you have to keep things updated. Um, think about all the different um, 
frameworks and CMSs that get exploited due to having an outdated version. You know, so you have to like maintain and keep that updated, you know, the framework version, the CMS version, the language version, the um, you know, database version, or, you know, just multiple vulnerabilities also come out. So making sure to stay up to date on that, it, it can get really annoying, honestly. And if you have a static website, you don't have to worry about any of that. Um, so maintaining a website, especially a really large one, is nice with a static website. So what are um, some use cases for a static website? Um, you know, like I said, my personal website is a static website. So, you know, a personal site, like a very small site is good for static. Um, you can also have a marketing website, you know, since you're a lot of times just serving up static content, um, that's great for a static website and blogs. Now that's where it gets interesting because a lot of blogs, especially company blogs, are actually static websites. You can't actually handle that with a lot of static website compilers. Um, but, you know, the main thing to worry about that is, you know, you can handle a lot of content with static websites, but there is a certain limit to it, of course. Um, you know, it gets a point where you just doesn't make sense to use a static website. And then I found an issue with just not having a lot of options in terms of CMSs for static websites. So, um, you know, there are there are some out there, but it's hard to find one that's good for, you know, having multiple authors and uh, posting, you know, publishing content at a certain time, you know, and you got to have it integrate with your current static website generators. So a lot of issues with that. Um, and that's where you might just go along with a dynamic website, like for Ninjality, we just went with uh, October CMS, which is just a PHP CMS. And and yeah, and I guess that's a main point here, like static websites have their use cases and they reap a lot of benefits. So go for it if you can. But you do, if you do have a lot of, um, you know, things that you need to do that dynamic websites could handle better, then just go ahead and use that dynamic website. All right, so let's recap. Uh, I talked about what static websites are and kind of, you know, how what static websites were the first type of website uh, back when the web was first created. I talked about some of the benefits of static websites um, and where you would use static websites instead of a dynamic website and vice versa. So let's kind of close off things here, you know, uh, there are a lot of, um, in terms of resources, by the way, uh, there are a lot of um, static website generators out there, a bunch of static website hosts. So if you're looking to uh, find out which one to use, um, there's a site called staticgen.com. So it's staticgen.com. There lists a bunch of static websites and like, you know, how they compare in terms of popularity and such. Um, there are a bunch of people that have written on this topic before. You know, it is mostly web, develop, web development oriented, but um, I think the topic in itself is important to know for anyone that's uh, not a developer as well. And that's really where I'm going with this podcast. Um, but yeah, so there's staticgen.com. Um, there's some that are like, you know, React uh, static generators that uh, get, are powered by React. So there's Phenomic, um, there's uh, Gatsby, there are just a bunch out there. I'm using Metalsmith for my personal website, but I'll probably, you know, when I redesign, I'll upgrade to a much newer one. 
Um, Jekyll is probably the most popular one out there. Um, and in terms of hosts, uh, GitHub Pages actually supports Jekyll by default, but you can use any static website generator and really any host out there. I really like Surge. So there's surge.sh, it's a static website host. Um, there's also Net Netlify, uh, netlify.com, I believe. Uh, which is a really good um, and more like premium static website host. And they offer a lot of features that you could get in dynamic websites. So they try, kind of try to replicate, you know, I think they have a Netlify CMS, which you could use. Um, so there are a lot of resources out there for getting started with static websites. Uh, but again, keep in mind, you know, you would use a static website for many things that have static content, but you can break the barrier there and see if it's possible, you know, to implement a search. Um, if you have, don't have a lot of content, you could just, you know, pull in all that content um, into the page itself and let, let that be searchable or use a service like Algolia to just have them index your whole site and then use that uh, for search. You know, I already mentioned like Netlify CMS, which provides CMS capabilities to your static website. Um, just a bunch of stuff out there to get uh, a really powerful static website um, static websites, I also forgot to mention, um, in relation to web apps are really good because you can have a client rendered app, um, which is just going to be a static website. You don't get a lot of SEO um, benefits there, but that is one thing that you can do, which is especially great if you're just building an app that's behind a login screen. You don't really care about that being um, indexed by search engines. So yeah, so a bunch of static generators out there, definitely. Uh, recommend some of the ones that I mentioned and a bunch of resources, a bunch of hosts. Um, and yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I think I've covered everything I wanted to about static websites. Um, again, if you're into this sort of um, content, uh, please let me know. So you can actually call in here on Anchor. Now, if you don't have the Anchor app, um, you can go anchor.fm slash app, I believe. Uh, you can download it, find my podcast on there. Uh, favorite it and you then you can call in really appreciate it because um, this is like the start of the podcast you know, it's the fourth episode and getting feedback um, I really appreciate it and I also just love talking with people on these topics and hearing you know from someone that's actually listening to this um, so if you are I really appreciate it if you do call in or just you know tweet me or something I'm Sunny Singh IO on Twitter and uh, you can also find this podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, which is called now, and uh, Google Play Music. So, yeah, definitely check all of that stuff out. Um, and let me know if you also want, if you want like more technical content, I can do that as well and kind of have a um, warning in the beginning of that episode saying, you know, this is, you know, some programming stuff that I might talk about on this episode. But really, what I want to focus on is. Um, a compromise between technical topics and uh, topics for anyone. So thanks for listening. I'll catch you guys later.